0: Afternoon, everybody. This is Dr. Duncan McCollum coming to you from KSCO. It's a great day out there and a very beautiful day in Santa Cruz. And uh, I appreciate you all being here. And um, a lot of you, uh, when you come into my office to see me uh, for whatever kind of condition you might be suffering, I always appreciate it when you tell me that you uh, heard us heard me on the radio or you've been following me or listening and I appreciate that because you know I'm here to make a difference and uh, you know so I was kind of taking a look at a lot of the stuff that's going on in the world today and I got reminded of 1968. I was in 7th grade and uh, the musical Hair came out in San Francisco and um, that's where the song Aquarius came from, of course, and I remember my uh, two best friends at the time, Billy and Andy, no, it was Chris and Tim Liefeld. I always had twins as friends. Anyway, Chris and Tim, uh, they their dad was a pretty progressive guy, and he was going to take the family to go see Hare in San Francisco, and uh, I needed permission from my parents, and they would not give it to me. They didn't uh, want me to go see what was going on. Unfortunately, I missed it. Um, but they said, we don't want you seeing some guys standing on the stage with uh, no clothes on, was their main justification. But a really interesting time of life at that point. World, um, the Vietnam War was in uh, full swing. A lot of our brothers in, were off to war. Um, older brothers. I missed, it, I missed the lottery by one year uh, for some lucky reason. But, you know, I remember the song Aquarius coming out, and it had a euphoric idea. And, you know, ages don't change very long regarding the solar system and or, you know, the stars. And so it's just kind of interesting to me that this was supposed to be an age coming in of happiness and love and you know, understanding. And, uh, you know, it lasted for a few years and a lot of the listeners, uh, are in my age group. So they remember this probably as well as I do, but it's just kind of sad to see the disarray on the planet right now. You know, there are so many factions, um, combating each other, you know, what happened to the understanding and, uh, The willingness to hear another person's point of view. So we're ending up 2023 in kind of a mess. Um, Our country is, uh, you know, at unrest, and uh, a lot of the the citizens are. They are either decisive on one line or one hard line, they're confused and concerned, or they're on the other side hard-lined. And You know, this was not the way it's supposed to be. I mean, we are supposed to be able to understand and get along and make sure that we actually can have a, uh, you know, a, a civilized world. And one thing I've come to find out is usually in any conflict, there is somebody else creating it. So there's always a hidden agenda by some group that is trying to pit one side against the other and they're telling lies one way or the other. I was going to play the song by uh, Fleetwood Mac, Little Lies, today. But I thought, you know what, really talking about the age of Aquarius and you know, uh, is a much better idea because we need to unify as a country and um, understand that we can have disagreements. But we also need to be willing to look at the other person's point of view and, um, be willing to either change our mind or understand the other person's point of view, you know, and this is something that, you know, I'm confronted with as much as everybody else out there. But the point for me is we've got a new year coming and, uh, how, you know, what I want to do is help you kind of set some ground rules for yourself for 2024, as I am doing this for myself, even as I speak. Every year I write down my goals for the f- next year and I kind of write down my core values, like what it is that, you know, I see as important so that I can stay within the parameters of, sh- of shooting for my goal Is for the most part. You know, any of us were, are going to slip off to the side one way or another, but as long as we can have a correct um, on our trajectory. You know, everything will turn out better than it is now, as long as that's your goal and decision. So, you know, one of my core values is, you know, to make sure that I don't treat other people the way I myself wouldn't want to be treated. You know, that's just really important. And I've spoke on the show a number of times about service in the county and where I get good service and where I get Normal or regular service, which is not that great to me. It's just like you know, you go in to order something, and they don't even look at you in the eye, and they slip your whatever it is you're buying across the um, counter and go, "That will be five bucks," or now it's fifteen bucks. And um, then when if they do say "Have a nice day," they don't even look at you at the eye. Which you know, that's the way that people have been raised. I know when. Um, Back in the in the day of uh, you know the age of Aquarius came out and all that kind of stuff. At least in the people that I grew up with, we did have um, we did have uh, an importance on politeness. It didn't mean that I was always polite, and I was probably a pain in the rear end to my parents and um, some of the faculty at the school and all this kind of stuff. But deep down, I kind of knew where to draw the line. And I think being nice to the other people, regardless of their belief system, is going to be real important moving forward in this next um, several years if we are going to move forward as the United States and as a world at relatively at peace. So, you know, there's a lot, we have a lot of work to do. So the one core value is, you know, treat people the way I I would like to be treated. And then the other one is uh, be willing to experience anything because, you know, we are going to be confronted with everything. And uh, so if you can realize that and go, okay, well, this is what this person feels or this is what is going on in the economy right now or this is what's going on with the weather or, you know, my car breaking down or whatever, my health having a problem. Whatever that is, you have to be, in my opinion, willing to go, okay, well, what do I do now? What's the most, how do I put one foot forward? What's the best way for me to create the, best survival for those that i care about besides myself and um you know so i've tried to live by these principles for the most part and um again i there'll be times you know maybe weeks or months where i'm off the rails and uh but i'll try to make sure that i get myself back so be willing to treat people the way you want to be treated be able to experience anything. And then, you know, basically, if you know where you're going, you have a relatively good chance of getting there. So at the end of the year, it's always a really good idea to start to look at the next 12 months and go, where where do I want to be by December 2024? What would I like my life to be like? Do I want it to be the same as it is now? Do I want to have advanced in some of my beliefs or my um, strategies or my, um, financial situation or my relationship? Uh, what can I do different? Cause nothing stays the same in this world. A lot of times, well, I I believe that the peoples of earth don't like change for as a pretty common denominator. They'd rather everything be comfortably the same. And, um, so but change takes effort and it takes forethought and you know if you don't push the change you want it's probably going to change the other way i was watching um a a short video of uh gosh i can't remember his name he's uh been the guy that has you walk on fire and all that kind of stuff and you know deciding that you can overcome anything Uh, But it was a clip of him probably at 20 years old. He's probably in his late 60s or 70s now. But he, he was talking about at that point, you know, if you're more or less, I'm going to paraphrase, but he was saying, if you're not happy with what you are doing, then you need to change what you're doing. You can achieve anything if you want it bad enough and if you use tools that are there available for you. So that stood clear way back then, you know, When he was, I was in the 70s, I guess he was doing that. And now here it is 2023, almost 2024. And we have this possibility to make our lives much better uh, in this next 24, or these next 12 months of 2024. But first of all, you have to figure out where you're at and then decide where you want to go and it doesn't have to be an exact but the closer you can decide what your goals are the better off your aim will be to get there it's kind of like taking a boat you know you get a boat in uh take jump on a boat in santa cruz harbor and head west with no destination in mind well you'll get somewhere you might be at a you know at a calm in the middle of the ocean and run out of food and water because he had no plan and he didn't have an understanding of how to get somewhere because he had nowhere you were trying to get. But if you have a map or a chart and you can see where your destination is, then you can understand that there are a lot of unknowns getting there. There's going to be typhoons, droughts, lack of wind, you know, tremendous winds, and perhaps pirates or... Any of these things, and you prepare for that, and you learn how to navigate the waters well enough. There's a really good chance, based on looking at the history, that you're going to get to your destination. But you got to know where it is. So this, what I'm uh, always do with my the staff at my office every January. I sit down and go, okay, so. Where do you want to go, individual staff member? What do you see would want to, you'd like to change in your life this year? And we take time. I uh, have them write down maybe four or five major goals. And um, you'd be surprised, and maybe you wouldn't. You If you do this yourself, maybe you have a hard time writing one down. And maybe it's because when you've tried to achieve them, They just don't come true and you've given up on your dreams and goals. Well, what this uh, gentleman said who has everybody walk on fire, and I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, but, you know, if you have a goal and it's strong enough, you'll get where you want to go. So, you know, I started off talking about just the state of the world here, um, some major wars going on, um, and there's... You know, again, that song by um, the Fleetwood Mac called Little Lies, there are always going to be truths and untruths in these kind of situations. And a lot of times it's perpetuated by somebody who's behind the scene wanting to achieve some kind of goal. And a lot of times that goal is to achieve chaos so that while chaos is being uh, committed, they can go off and do something else. And we see this a lot, you know, you create uh, a tension over here and then you can sneak over there and, and get something. So whether that makes sense to you or not, you know, if you just take a look at, you know, the world around us, it's happening, it's happened. And we just need to be smarter as a group. We need to communicate better and we have to take a look at where these conflicts are and who, who, who. Uh, benefits from us being in those conflict. You know, who's going to benefit by us being at war with every single group in this country battling each other when there's a lot of power being passed off to, you know, large individuals or groups. And um, we're just getting weaker and weaker and less and less free as a nation. So the one thing that, you can do individually is decide to flourish and prosper, and then flourish and prosper. So first you have to decide, I want to do something different. I want to have a better life Uh, at the end of 2024. I want to have a better life than I do now. Uh, Maybe it's a family member I want to help. Maybe it's a business opportunity that I've considered. But there's absolutely no reason you can't do something. You know, we've been the Some of the stuff that has stopped us from doing this is the you know the invention of mass media, you know, television sucks us in. You know, we watch these sitcoms or we uh, watch um, radio shows or news channels or um, series that are really entertaining and they're great, but what they do is they, and I watch them, some of them, sometimes, but what they do is they suck you in and they steal your creativity because you are being absorbed into the creativity of somebody else and it's stopping you from, from creating things you may want to actually could create if you were given the chance. You know, how many people if they were really given the tools for their imagination and their imagination wasn't squelched, how many people could have created some amazing things to help the peoples of Earth, you know? And uh, I remember in, I was dyslexic, diagnosed as dyslexic in first grade, couldn't make the letter C go the right way. Um, And then a lot of other uh, issues came up with my learning And uh, even to the point where in third grade in circle time, uh, a blind kid named John sitting next to me could read C-Spot Run beautifully. And when it came to me with my eyes, I couldn't read anything on the page. And that was pretty devastating because all of my peers were sitting there. You know, all my boyfriends and girlfriends or all my kids I hung out with. And it was uh, quite, you know, it beats you down. And uh, so you just decide, well, I've taken a huge loss reading. Why bother learning to read? And I didn't learn to read till I was 28. I just found something better to do, um, but avoided it. And it held me back for a long time. So what are your things that are holding you back? If you uh, have set goals year after year after year and only achieved a couple, or maybe not achieved any, maybe because you got distracted and you weren't focused enough, long enough to get it going. And you didn't give yourself benchmarks to see where you're going, going along the way. I, um, I had a, well, I've been doing this, uh, type of thing for at least 35 or 40 years where we make dream boards. Um, I've done it almost every year, but we'll get a, you know, a big piece of cardboard or poster board and then, In the old days, we would get a bunch of magazines and cut out things that we wanted and put it on the board. And we would have uh, phrases that reminded us of it and different things like this. And um, you put it in your bathroom or in your closet so you see it every day. And sometimes it was so hard to pick one thing that I wanted to achieve, one goal. And uh, because, you know, I've been taught kind of by my own um agreement that goals couldn't be achieved and uh you know i mean there were those in school high high school and that were great athletes and you know they they did really well with that group and they were good students and they you know they achieved things and they went to college right off the bat I had broken my back when I was 12, falling out of a tree, and it went undiagnosed. I crushed my back, but nobody ever took an x-ray of it. So when it came to doing those sports, I I fell short because the pain was so severe when I tried to do some of the things that I would have needed to do to get on a team that I decided, well, I'm just not going to be very uh, sport-oriented. So, you know, there I was. Same thing happened with me reading, And then trying to do sports, and so I kind of fell to the wayside of the people that were going somewhere, and became a druggie in the park. And I lived that lifestyle for probably 14 years. I was 28 when I finally came around, but I had to decide that there was something better than nursing my wounds, and/or you know, I. Think I was feeling sorry for myself for my the lot that life had given me, but uh, you know it it was something I had to come to a pivotal point in my life that almost ended my life, um, to where I was had a wake up call big enough to get me to change my life, and that came by almost overdosing on drugs. Because of my pain that I'd had from my back injury as an early age, and the lack of anything that could handle the pain, no understanding, nobody had ever taken X-rays, I or, or really diagnosed it. I just kind of went down this path of numbing my, trying to numb my pain, and whether or not it really ever helped my back pain, it definitely numbed my brain, and I became a slave to the medications, but. Um, and that was, you know, 14 years of that. Thank God, one day I almost OD'd, and um, I remember I was in Sea Cliff at my house, three o'clock in the morning, and um, I was, uh, my heart just felt like it was going to pound out of my chest, and I walked over to the cliff close by, and I stood there, and I decided, you know, if I don't stop this, I'm going to die. Somehow or other, I was thinking of my mother who had died when I was 17, I was 28 at the time, and I remembered just something that she had said, you know, about being able to create and or, I don't even know the exact words, but I, I thought of her and the impact I had as a young child with her. And that strength that I got from that back history came through and I quit all of that stuff that day. And then it was a battle to get myself uh, cleaned up. And, uh, and then, you know, a chiropractor had actually helped me get out of pain and I wanted to become a chiropractor, but I couldn't read. I could not read the a page. I couldn't even read. Hey, Chris, it's good to see you, my friend. I was talking about your dad earlier. Um, But I couldn't, um, and when you guys went to hair and I couldn't go along because my parents wouldn't let me, um, Chris just came on the Facebook feed. Um, So here I was, 28 years old, and uh, something had to change for me because if I didn't get a purpose bigger than my addiction, I would not make it. And because a chiropractor had gotten me basically out of pain after all those years, I decided I want to do this. I want to help other people. Now, I had to overcome some pretty big issues, like I had to overcome not reading. and that was very difficult. But you know, here it is, forty years later, and um, yeah, I'm almost sixty eight now. and i I got through that with a couple friends. I got through chiropractic school, and uh, I've been practicing for thirty five years now. I've written six books, and I have two more in, the, in writing. Now, the only reason I'm saying that is because I want people to go, okay, what can I do in a year? Where am I right now? It's 2023, almost the end of it. What's one thing I would like to achieve in 2024? And I was talking for a minute about the goal boards that I would make. And I had a um, kind of a mentor um, who would say, go ahead and put the things that you want. And, you know, back then I wasn't, we didn't have enough specificity. So I'd put like 20 things on there. And then as I got, the years went by, I found out that you should put like three or four or even maybe one of the most important things for you that you really want to achieve. But a couple things that happened over a course of three or four years is I had two books that I had been um, messing around with, writing them, and uh, no idea how to publish them, if they were any good or not. And uh, But I put the books, I cut out some books and I stuck them on my goal board and I put the name up there and I said I want them published in 2015. They weren't. I moved them over to 2016, 2017. Finally in 2000. 18, my first book was published and that was the adventures a little big Jim shortly after that came calling station a both historical fiction That was huge I mean for me who couldn't read at one point to write books that the publisher felt were good enough to publish was pretty cool But I had to have that dream in front of me long enough to believe that it would come true because you can have these thoughts and these desires I know what it was, Tony Robbins, that's his name. He was saying, if you just do it long enough and just keep putting it there and putting it there and putting it there, it will come true. So that's what i saw this uh, clip of tony robbins this morning he was probably 20 21 years old and you know he that's what he was talking about and he's still teaching along those lines if you want something and you keep putting it there and putting it there and putting it there it will eventually or quicker come true and if it doesn't you may enjoy the the ride trying to get there think about thomas edison he failed at making a light bulb 9,999 times, but he kept believing in his vision that there would be light, and he got that to happen. So getting those books published was a pretty big win for me coming from a guy that couldn't read, was diagnosed with dyslexia, was overwhelmingly addicted to drugs for probably 14 years of my life. And... Um, so that's that's one thing. But, you know, there was a, a, a small little spark somewhere inside of me that kept trying to be ignited amongst all of the darkness. There was a little spark that every once in a while I would come by that thought and I go, I want to do that. And then I would lose it and then I would come back and I want to do it. And I kept coming back to it. And then with the coaching from a lot of my friends um, and mentors, I actually started running that track long enough that it actually came to fruition. You know, it's kind of like one of the things that I'm working with people with right now is peripheral neuropathy where the nerves of your toes or fingers are dying and they're shortening and um, it's called because of hypoxia or lack of oxygen. And we're having amazing results. We just did a uh, three-month re-exam of a guy yesterday and the guy had on the 25 questions that you would write down for um, p- potential peripheral neuropathy problems, he had 13 of them. From you know pins and needles, unable to sleep, feeling like he had marsh uh, marshmallows in your shoes, saran wrap around your leg, difficulty balancing, um, trouble sleeping with a blanket on your bed. So we re- did, retested him yesterday, and he only had three of the. three out of 25. And he's very happy. But it's because he was willing to do something long enough to make a difference. So if you're you see a field in front of you, this might be the field of your life. And there's no path anywhere. And on the other side of that is, you don't know, there's a ton of things there that you will get to if you decide to walk through that field. And it may be something that you don't want it might if you're a- wandering aimlessly through the field you may never get to the other side but if you walk the same path day after day after day after day pretty soon that those that thicket of stickers that sticks to your socks will be replaced by a hard packed dirt path that is well trodden and it will get you where you want to go so this is the importance of being able to relive What your goals are, what it is that you want to see happen um, every day, you know, and you might, like me, forget about it for a while and then pick it up again. Another thing that I always wanted was a grand piano. And, uh, you know, I had an upright piano that my uh, mother and my dad had left me when they passed away. Uh, I had a couple electric pianos, but I always wanted an upright, I mean, a really nice um, piano. So I, cut one out, stuck it on my goal board. I moved that piano year after year after year. And then one day, a friend of mine from, who I've known since, uh, I was six months old. He was born and then we became good friends. We're still good friends today. He called me and said, well, you know, my father passed away and I I knew he, he had. He was a good friend in Berkeley. And He goes, well, we have his grand piano and we thought you might want it. And of course, I was thrilled and uh, I was able to get that grand piano really nice. It was in the San Francisco Opera House. It was in one of the practice rooms. So it's a beautiful kawaii piano, probably not played very much in the um, opera house, but it's in my living room now. And it was, you know, me deciding I wanted that piano for probably five years. It was on my goal board. No idea how I was going to get it. So this is what I I just challenge you to try this this year. Get um, a piece of cardboard off of a box, or you know, if you're more ambitious, go to Staples or someplace like that and get a white cardboard thing. And get on, get your idea of what you may want. I always put it in the middle of the board, maybe up towards the little top a little bit, and then you know just. Write down what it is that you want about it, why, what is good about it, Why? what it would do for you. Um, I've learned not to pick a ton of things. Pick two or three really good ones. And, um, you know, if it doesn't happen, just don't give up on it. Those things I told you about took me three to five years. There's still some on there that I've got going. But we have a chance right now at the end of 2023 to make a difference in our lives and those around us by the end of 2024 or by tomorrow. So, you know, and our our world needs help. And maybe one of your goals would be to show gratitude to somebody every day who you may not. One of the hardest things to do is to show gratitude to somebody that it was. it's hard to find gratitude in. And Um, You have to express that. Maybe you find one thing about them that you could admire, like, you know, the color of their eyes or their earrings or their nose ring or something, right? And as you start to do this gratitude, appreciation, and seeking your goals, just like that big field full of grass with no defined path, you're... Your brain will build those tracks for you to get you what it is you want to get. And uh, we need a lot of help right now. There's so many people pointing the finger at everybody else. And you know, you've probably heard the phrase when you point your finger at somebody else, there are three other fingers pointing back at you. That's what we really need to embrace right now, in my opinion, is what can you be responsible for? in your life? What can you be responsible for in your community and the com- in your state, you know? And I'm not politically active. I'm not going to become a state representative or anything like that. But I do have my beliefs in what, the you know, what's right and what isn't right. And I do believe in the golden rule, you know, treat people the way that you yourself would like to be treated. And then the other thing, of course, is being able to, experience anything and go, okay, well, I experienced that. It didn't kill me, or maybe it did, you know, but something's going to get you anyway. You might as well have conviction as you go. But one thing that um, I've been talking about quite a bit, my dear friend Ben Azadi, the keto, um, keto Camp King, um, he's... Uh, really risen to a point of power in the last four or five years in the ketogenic world, fasting world, with Dr. Dan Pompa behind him. And he's one of my uh, really close friends. We communicate quite a bit, but he started talking about vitamin G. And as you know, if you've listened, I've been talking about vitamin G quite a bit to a point where I bottled it. So I'm the first one in the country, or probably the world, to ever vi- uh, bottle vitamin G. And you might say, well, what is vitamin G? Well, vitamin G is, stands for gratitude. And so this is one thing that you can do. If you don't do anything else, try this. And I'm just gonna look at the bottle here for a second. It says, vitamin G, 100% pure gratitude. And then right below it, it says, don't keep out of the reach of children. So don't keep gratitude away from children. I look at some of the stupid things that are, you know, on some of the social media and you know the children, many of the children just have no scruples. They uh, don't have that touch of something that my mother gave me way back when that actually helped save my life when I was 28 years old. Some part of being connected to the The lineage of my mother's and my father's line, perhaps. I don't know what it is necessarily, but it was something that pulled me through and made me decide that I did, it was worth me sticking around. I had something to do for myself and perhaps contribute, although I didn't believe that at the time until I decided to become a chiropractor. And then, you know, I graduated. Uh, in 1989, the same uh, month that the earthquake hit Santa Cruz. And uh, I remember Dr. Ignatius Piazza had a practice in Aptos. And, you know, I went over to see him and he had moved all his tables out into the parking lot and he was adjusting anybody that needed it for free. And, you know, he asked if I wanted to participate and see what we could do to help more people in the community in this time of need. You know, that was such a cool thing. And I still remember it. And now, you know, he's long gone. He's doing something else. But he was a driven person who had a desire to help as many peoples as he can. So you might just decide to help a family member. You might decide, hey, I just want to get my health back this year. I just want to do something for me maybe that's it do something for you a lot of people are always doing stuff for everybody else but not doing anything for them i had a a woman come in and she's been to visit me a few times in my office with various conditions and you know she's in her uh she's in her late mid 70s and she was talking to me and she goes you know i've spent my whole life taking care of everybody around me And now I'm kind of in a situation where I need help, and I don't really have any way to get that help. You know, I don't want to impose on my children. And so, you know, there's a self-worth thing there, perhaps. I mean, I don't know what we can do to help everybody, but I do know that if we plant a seed, you can make a difference. So that's what I'm asking you to do for yourself this coming year, is just change one thing for the better in your life. It could be your health. Now, you know, I'm a chiropractor. I'm practicing Capitola. You've probably heard my show before. Um, We do have chiropractic, which saved my life. Um, We also have brought in the stem cell machine, the TRT machine. It's called SoftWave, which also saved my shoulder. You know, I I do things and I've brought things into my practice that have helped me. You know, I couldn't walk. I was flat on my back when I was 20, re-injured my back so bad lifting a piano. So, you know, I didn't even know I'd broken it. But, um, you know, I moved to Santa Cruz because I couldn't do anything. I became a mechanic. And uh, one day I was putting tires on this um, older gentleman's Lincoln Continental and back there in the 70s they were huge and the tires were huge and I was bending over trying to lift this tire up and this guy said I'm 84 years old you have a bad back trust me get out of this business you can't do this anymore and I mean it's kind of like I could have had a v8 right although they're probably not very healthy for you so you know I, I realized you know he's right my back's killing me I can't I'm in so much pain all the time. And why am I doing grunt work? Because I wasn't smart enough to do anything else. You know, not saying anything against mechanics. I love doing mechanics. But for me, I didn't, I couldn't do anything else. But that day I realized if I don't quit doing this, I am going to hurt myself beyond the ability to walk, right? Well, right about that time, Couple friends of mine came up to me. i bought a, a 1959 Dodge pickup long bed from my friend Andy, and uh, these two guys came up. Anytime you have a pickup, you're everybody's best friend. And um, these two guys came up and said, "Hey, Duncan, man, these guys gave us a piano and upright, and those one of those huge things. And uh, you have a a, um, a truck. Can we borrow your truck?" Uh, so that we can get the piano and of course I was always looking for an opportunity to get something for free And I said sure you guys buy the beer and we'll go move the piano. So we were in agreement They went and bought a case of Bush um, Bavarian tall 16 ounce a whole case for the three of us We drank the case and then proceeded to find our way to wherever this piano was being stored in somebody's garage And back in those days you drank the beer first and then you did the work kind of got turned around now where you don't drink before you do anything. But we were dumb kids. And uh, so we see this piano. I'm bigger than both of them. And I don't know that being in pain is not normal because I was always in pain and nobody seemed to care. And they gave me drugs, except for the drugs that I got from the Jefferson Airplane song was better. Go Ask Alice. White Rabbit. So anyway, we're trying to move this piano, and the wheels didn't work, so we had to lift it about a couple, three, four inches off the ground, and in a stooped position, move it a little bit, and a little bit, a little bit, till we were outside of the garage, so we could lift it up and put it on on the bed of the truck. Well, we almost got to the edge of the garage, and they said, okay, let's lift it up, and so we lifted it up, but my end hit the top, collapsing my back, and... Destroying it basically. I was flat on my back for three weeks. I couldn't move. No drugs of any kind, Hel- um, legal or illegal, could help me. And I started to have trouble even going to the bathroom. Finally, uh, two friends, I don't know if they were the same two or not, because I was in kind of messed up shape at the time. They came in and said, we're taking you to a chiropractor. I said, no, I'm not going to a chiropractor. I grew up with medical doctors. We're not going to a chiropractor. Well, they looked at me and said, dude, you can't move. So they took my um, this old green moth-eaten couch that I'd brought down when I moved it out of my dad's house. Um, I, they put that in the back of my truck, and then they lifted me up and put me in the back of the truck on the couch and proceeded to drive me downtown to dr anthony york's office a chiropractor in town and uh when i got there they carried me in and i was scared to death i would have crawled out if i could have um and but when we walked in the room there was this angelic receptionist just beautiful she was from the midwest west her name was patty and she was dr york's wife and she looked like snow white to me i mean if it wasn't for her I would have gotten out of there somehow. But she assured me that I was in the right place. And then um, Dr. York did a consultation of me. I told him what happened with the piano. And he said, okay, let's get some x-rays. And if you've heard this story before, I apologize. But I feel like it's important to tell it again. So two friends picked me up and hold me in front of the x-ray machine, getting a rated a, a, a x-rayed themselves as uh, they, Dr. York takes a picture of my back. Then he's gone into the dark room for a while and it sounded like Dr. Hyde and, or Mr. Jekyll and Dr. Hyde, whatever it is. And Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, there goes my dyslexia. And then finally he came out and he put an x-ray up on the view box and he said, when did you break your back? And he pointed to a crushed vertebra in my low back. He said it was like a green stick. It didn't shatter, it just squished like silly putty when I fell out of a tree when the branch broke when I was 12. And that's why I'd had pain all those years. it never gone away. And I re-injured it when I lifted this piano. Made it even worse. But, you know, the point is that these two people t- went out of their way, and I don't remember their names, I wish I did, but they went out of their way to do something to help me. And so Dr. York looked at my x-rays. He said, I, I'm going to try to do an adjustment on you. If it doesn't work, these guys are going to take you to Dominican Hospital because the fact that you haven't had a bowel movement in a week is very, very dangerous. So that's as much as I could remember. I was probably high on many different things at the time. But he put me on the table, did this amazing adjustment on my back that made my spine shoot like Flame, a huge pop, but I was able to stand up. I was going to stand up and hit him because of what he did, but I could stand on my own. So that changed my life. That was the probably the most significant change for the positive in my life at to that date, where somebody cared enough to do something for me, and that the adjustment he did with his hands after all those years of drugs and medication got me. To be able to stand again and out of pain. So, you never know how far reaching a small act of kindness will go, and you know that that has made a huge difference in my life. And now I've been a chiropractor for 35 years, but I had to learn how to read. And um, so, gratitude is something that I have for those people. I can't express it to them, but I can push it forward or pass it forward or however that phrase goes. And I just ask all of you to look at what you can do to be show gratefulness to somebody you care about or don't care about. So, you know, maybe it's a family member that you have a grudge against because of some miscommunication, perhaps by somebody other than the two of you that I was talking about earlier. Usually an argument stems from a third person stirring up the pot than sitting there and watching as you guys duke it out, eating popcorn and drinking Coca-Cola to see who wins. But, um, you know, so if you can just think of one or two people, just do one, just one person that you might reach out to and say, hey, dude, I was thinking about you or dudette or whatever their pronoun is. I was thinking about you and I just want to let you know that I appreciate you. It's something that, I was thinking about something you said or done that really struck me now because it did, because you were thinking about it. And I just wanted to say thank you for it. Or, hey, how are you doing? I'm just wondering how things are going in your life. And, you know, it's, and then listen. After you ask the question, shut your lips, open your ears and listen. And try not to come up with uh, an answer for them. So many times, When people start talking to you about what's going on in your life, our tendency is to try to help them and give them all these things. Well, you should do this or you should do that or you should do this. It just shuts them down. You should just go, wow, man, that's amazing. I thank you so much for telling me that. Well, what do you think? And what do you think you should do about that? Is there anything you want to do? Are you just, you know, I mean, don't think that they're looking for advice all the time. They're not. Sometimes they're just going, I just want to be heard. And just by saying that, a lot of times, the problem will resolve itself. They'll figure out the answer themselves. So, at any rate, um, being at the end of the year, looking up towards next year, uh, take a look at what you did or did not achieve in 2023. Uh, some of the things that happened to you that were not of your, um, something that you would not have liked to happen, situations that you got in, And just acknowledge that it happened, okay, and that nothing's killed you yet. And then go, okay, well, what? How do I move forward from here? Write those things down on a piece of paper. Either the things, the troubled areas that you need to do something about, and the areas of of inspiration that you want to act on. And then, on the left, write a line down the middle. And on the right, left-hand side, write those good things or bad things or thoughts, on the, um, then on the right side, right at the margin of the, of the line going down the middle, I would recommend that you, um, that you number them, you know, A's, B's, C's, or D's. Because you don't want to try to go one, two, three, four, five, you'll get confused. But write down, you might end up with two or three A's, meaning they're the most important for you, and several B's. A couple of C's, and then there might be some that went, yeah, that that was terrible. Well, I'm done. It doesn't even matter. But at least you know that it's off your plate now because you've decided it's not that important, and you're wiping it off your plate. So that would be, um, you know, the way to go. And then you end up with two or three A's, or maybe one. One's probably better if you're not used to doing this, and put all of your um, creative energy into forwarding that one thing and uh you know it it might be something that you can write out and plot out and go okay i want to uh write a book i want to you know do some art again i want to play some music i want to you know get into a relationship i want to get a better job i want to put some money away i want to pay these credit cards down whatever it is that is your a then You can start to make a plan on how to get rid of that, uh, how to overcome those things so that you can achieve your thing or get closer to it by the end of the year. And know that you will get distracted. You will forget about it. You'll get frustrated. It's not a linear path, just like health. Sometimes people come in and we do what we call corrective care over six months and they go, well, I was doing well and now this week I'm not. It's not a linear path. You know, you have to work at it, keep going. And as Tony Robbins said in that interview I saw of him when he was 20, you know, if you want something bad enough and you just keep putting it there and putting it there and putting it there and putting it there, you know, it will come to fruition if you want it bad enough. And uh, I mean, I got I became a chiropractor. I can't believe that I did that, (laughs) you know, not being able to read A comic strip at 28 years old, Um, but I I was able to, through the on the backs of friends and others who were willing to help me get through the calculus, the um, all of the sciences. You know, I remember one uh, time of the three that I dropped out of Cabrillo trying to um, study, get through some of the classes like was chemistry, and uh, the the doctor that taught that class, Um, very popular amongst everybody, but we were doing our first quiz and there happened to be a a girl that I liked Um, and I would always make sure to sit next to her and we were kind of friends and he turned back the first quiz and said, hand the one, your quiz to the one next to you. So this girl named Janie and I traded our quizzes and I probably got a D if not worse, and he said, you guys don't listen, you don't study. Some of you are so just inept, you shouldn't even be in this class. In fact, one person wrote acid, A-S-I-D. And then I look over at my paper and there's, Janie has it and I've written acid, A-S-I-D. Crushed me. I dropped out of school. Um, As you know, I'm not feeling sorry for myself now because I needed to go through that to get my skin tough enough to be able to overcome those obstacles to get where I wanted to go. So I tried to go to chiropractic, well, even to Cabrillo for, you know, it took me 10 years to get my prereqs done at Cabrillo. And uh, then, you know, finally I, I got those done. And I became, I got into Palmer Chiropractic College and I went straight through by having great friends to study with. But I couldn't have done it on my own. So I'm very grateful to Fernanda Luque and Mark Massart, who are my um, study partners, to um, Robert Martinez and, and Sherry, his wife, who we all studied together. And if it wasn't for us verbalizing that and having a purpose strong enough, we would have never, I would have never made it. I couldn't have done it by myself. So maybe there's some people that have done things for you that you just haven't expressed gratitude for. So... I was talking for a minute. Wow, God, the show's almost over. (laughs) Going on and on and on. I have two minutes left. Well, you can come by the office and ask for a bottle of vitamin G. It stands for pure gratitude. And um, what it says in the directions is hold the bottle in your hands every morning and think of 10 things you're grateful for. Well, I've remodified it and say, think of one thing you're grateful for. Sometimes there aren't 10 things. The other, then it says, say, be, show or express gratitude to the first 10 people you meet, maybe the first one person you meet, and then repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And by doing this, you're going to build a track like walking through that field. And it pretty soon, it's going to not be a bunch of weeds, but a hard ridden track that's going to get you to where you want to go. So I really encourage you to make goals for this year and make them big goals. Um, you can always reset them. And if you reach for the stars and fall back on the moon, you've still achieved something. And make some goals to help the community, to listen to people's needs, wants, and desires more. And, uh, you know, just be a better person for yourself or, you know, for the people that you care about. I'm going to try to do that. I hope I succeed a little bit. Um, I always get on here. I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to talk about as it was today. But I just kind of feel like there's some kind of d- divine <laughs> something comes down and tells me talk about this. So that's it. Set your goals and think about this song as you set them. I'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode of McCollum Wellness Radio, Please share it with a friend and tell them one helpful fact that you learned today. Remember, the best way to learn is to teach.